This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios. Where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes. Mark. Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I am fabulous, Mark. How are you? I'm very, very good, I am. And we're excited to be talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on the number one talk station in Philly, WPHT Talk Radio 1210. You want to ask us a question about mortgages, residential, commercial, any of your real estate needs, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? Mark, my number is 609-605-7153. We are the only real estate show in the Philly market from the Poconos to the Jersey Shore. So you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHD's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with Asking Dr. A. Right. Continuing series. Correct. We also have Mark's funny story. I got an interesting free one today. (laughs) We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? How a mortgage works. You'd be surprised how many people don't actually know this. No, they don't care. They just, how much do I pay? How much is it a month? And give me the keys. No, you don't care. Other people care. (laughs) So today, Mark, we, um, we are honored to have our guest today. We have Mr. Tay Gaines, and he is a public adjuster. And he's here to tell us why it's beneficial to use a public adjuster. I had Very a couple good. conversations with him, and he is a wealth of knowledge, and I think it's going to be a great conversation. You're going to love it. Good. We also have our questions. What is a good cap rate for a multifamily property in our area? The next question good is, question. Yeah, what should you do first to become an investor? All right. No ranting on that one. <laughs> the next question is- I never rant. Never. If someone passes away and I inherit a home- should I sell it or should I rent it? There's a math problem there. Not at all. The <laughs> last question is, should I refi at 5.14%? It's a good question. Mm, that is a good question. And Mark, today our topic of the day is for sale by owners, sell for 14% less with a 2022 report. That's right. That's, that's going to be a rant. All right. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, you never know what's around the corner. 
It could be everything or it could be nothing. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then one day you look back and you have climbed a mountain. That's a good one. That's awesome. I like that. That is a good one. You just got to keep on moving. Keep on so pushing we forward. We are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So this week I got a little different market report, a little more about mortgages. Mortgage delinquencies hit a record low in March, according to First Look, a report on mortgage performance, released by Black Knight. Hitting a record low is actually less interesting in this case because delinquency rates were already near an all-time low. All the doom and gloomers about the foreclosures coming, everybody getting kicked out of their apartments, none of that happened. I hate the media, man. They're brutal. <laughs> More interesting is the non-seasonally adjusted terms. Delinquencies dropped by 15.5%, significantly faster than the historical, historically that's been just over 10% over the past 20 years. You know, me and you, every once in a week, bring it up. But what was the foreclosure rate in 2008, the worst market in history? I ask the students all the time when I, when I meet them. And they all say like 25%, 40%, 50%. And then I tell them it was 5.1%. They were like, oh, they thought half of the country was in foreclosure. <laughs> and in reality, the normal foreclosure rates around 3 to 4% in the United States historically. And in the worst market in history, it was 5.1%. And right now, it's even lower. It's even lower than that. So what's with the big change in performance? Exceptionally strong labor market. Continued stone uh, student loan deferrals, strong performance following forbearances because a lot of people got out of forbearances because they had a lot of equity. And they had a chance record low to, re to refinance because of the rates. Right, right. And record low interest rates for those who refinanced in the past two years. Also, interesting fact that loan payments, the term for the loan being paid, including refinance and foreclosure, all that, actually increased in March. This was a surprise because interest rates were typically the primary driver of repayment activity. When the rates are at, at, are at longer term highs, refinance demand grinds to a halt and prepayment speeds, speeds plummet. While that has been true in the past, March bucked the trend in part due to a seasonal increase in home sales. Unsurprisingly, foreclosure stats and foreclosure inventories are both elevated in recent months following the lifting of the foreclosure moratorium. They always say this stuff, but they never give any yeah, numbers. Yeah. yeah, it went up. It went up zero 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 point one percent. This contributed to a slightly year-over-year -year increase in active foreclosures for the first time in ten years. Ten years foreclosures starts fell three percent from last month and are already well below pre-pandemic levels. Thank you. Okay, I hate that term pre. Damn it, levels. <laughs> Foreclosure inventory is also well below pre-pandemic levels, despite the rising slightly in March. So it is not all doom and gloom. The real estate market's fine. And people are still Just, refinancing. They're taking cash out of their house. And people are buying. I had a, We had a conversation last week. Oh, is more houses going to be sold in 22 than 21? Yes. So, all right. What's the rate? So the rates are your thirty-year fixed conventional is five point three seven five. Your fifteen-year fixed is at four point five. Your thirty-year FHA is four point eight seven five. So not horrible, not great as they used to be, but they're still not bad. An average rate historically is eight to ten percent. These are good rates. But people, the people that are buying weren't around then. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. They don't know. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WBHD. 
all positive, all the time, we'll be with you. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT Positive all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. I got one for you. So this married couple, right, they move into a new neighborhood and they're all happy. They decide they're going to go out for a ride and explore the whole new area. Well, as they're riding, they get in this terrible car accident, unfortunately. Car catches fire. The man's face gets burned really bad. Doctor told the husband that they couldn't skin graft anything from him because he was too skinny. So his wife decided to donate some of her own skin. However, the only skin on her body that the doctor felt was suitable would have to come from her buttocks. And the husband and wife agreed. They said, but they're not going to tell anybody about this, where the skin came from. And they requested that the doctor also honor their secret. And after all this, it, it was a very delicate matter. So after the surgery was completed, everyone was astounded at the man's new face. He looked more handsome than he ever did before. All his friends and relatives just went on about his baby face. One day he was alone with his wife and he was overcome with emotion at her sacrifice. And he goes, dear, I just want to thank you for everything you did for me. How can I possibly repay you? She goes, my darling, I get all the thanks I need every time I see your mother kiss your cheek. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That was That's a good, good one. So now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is how a mortgage works. So tell me how it works. So, Mark, I know people have so many questions when they get a mortgage. For some, they wonder what type of mortgage to get or what mortgage terms like principal, down payment, and mortgage insurance, what that actually means. So whenever you're in the mortgage process, It's important to get your questions answered. And that's my goal, right? So let me begin by explaining what a mortgage actually means. So a mortgage is a real estate loan that allows a mortgage lender to lend money based on the value of a home. So the lender issues a note in the deed and they hold the title company to the home. They're held in title until it's actually paid off in full. So when everybody says, oh, welcome to home ownership, well, welcome to being in debt for the next 360 payments is what it actually means. The lender charges an interest rate on the money borrowed, and it's generally 15, 20, or a 30-year period. And depending on what your goals are, do you want to pay it off early? Do you want to stretch it out for a longer period of time? The amount borrowed is called the principal, and the lender will lend a percentage of the value of the home based upon the loan program you qualify. You do not need 20% down. You can the big myth. You can purchase and you don't need a 780 credit score neither. Right. You can actually get a loan with 3% down. You can get an FHA loan for three and a half percent down and have a credit score of a 620. Right. So the rest of the money is called down payment. So if you're getting a loan for three and a half percent, that's called your down payment. A down payment is an upfront payment made when the home is purchased. The down payment right. is the portion of the purchase that gets paid out of pocket. And generally the down payment funds, they can come from your savings. They can come from a 401k. 
They can come from a gift from a close family member. And the down payment covers a percentage of the total purchase price. So the myth that I hope forty eight I hope forty eight percent of Philadelphia is listening to this show that rents. Agreed. Mortgage insurance or what they call MI is required on loans where there's less than twenty percent down. So that's the big myth. I gotta put twenty percent down. That's to get rid of your mortgage insurance. Now, mortgage insurance lowers the risk to the creditor of the loan so that the borrower can qualify for a loan that they may not otherwise be able to qualify for. So there's several different kinds of loans available with mortgage insurance. There's also different types of interest rates available. You can get a fixed rate or you can get an adjustable rate. So the most top, uh, let me try that again. The most popular type of mortgage is the fixed rate. Just because down the road, you really don't know what's going to happen. So if you get into the fixed mortgage, you know that your payments are going to stay the same. The only difference might happen is if you have a conventional loan, then you're going to be able to get rid of that mortgage insurance once you have 20% equity. So with an adjustable or what they call an ARM, it's an interest rate that changes periodically, and that means your monthly payment can change. The monthly payment consists of a combination of principal, which is the amount that the borrower borrowed. It also includes interest, which is the interest rate you agreed to pay at the beginning of the loan. The loan is paid off by making monthly payments against the principal. Every time a payment is made against the principal, it amortizes. And amortization is the process of spreading out the loan into a series of fixed payments over a period of time. Now, I realize this is some exciting stuff. Nothing gets more (laughs) exciting than talking about amortization. But it's important to know because you can make a payment on the first of the month and on the 15th of the month and take that 30-year payment down to 24 and a half years. So there's different ways to pay off your mortgage quicker. The monthly loan payment remains the same every month, but the payment is made up of parts that change over time. So a portion of each monthly payment goes towards the interest, and it also goes towards the principal. And at the beginning of the loan, the interest cost is the highest. Because a home loan is a long-term plan, the majority of the monthly payment is an interest expense, and the monthly payment will only pay a small portion towards the principal. Now, when we... When we were there, you know, two a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, when we were at two and a half percent, we had a big portion going towards your principal. Principal quickly. quickly, as well as the equity in the homes were building up. So you had that you were paying down the principal, and you had equity that was going in the onto the property. So I mean, into the principal. So it was amazing. So over time, more and more, the monthly payment will go towards the principal, and less will go towards the interest. Homeowners are required to pay property taxes on their home. And the reason I bring this up is because I had a borrower that did not know what property taxes were, even why they had to pay them. So the (laughs) lender may collect property taxes and include them in your monthly payment. If you put less than 20% down, then you're going to have to have your homeowner's insurance and your property taxes included. So this money is held in an escrow account and the taxes are paid each quarter or yearly, however it's set up, to actually come out of the account. You're also going to have homeowner's insurance, and the lender may collect fees associated with the homeowner's insurance in the monthly mortgage payment as well. 
So just in the right. case of the property taxes, the homeowner insurance fees are held in escrow and they're paid annually to the insurance company. And this is no matter what company you decide to use. So there are right. certainly a lot of things to consider when getting a mortgage. Make sure you're dealing with a licensed professional like myself who can answer all of your questions. Uh, is it true that Mur Murph on the Loose in Jersey is going to lower <laughs> your real estate taxes by 20%? No. no, thanks for bringing that up. So you can go to my website, which is mortgagemom.net. A lot of these questions will be answered. Or you can call me at 609-605-7153. That was a good explanation. To that, to all the 48% of renters in Philadelphia, 48% of Philly rents, and the average rent is now $1,700 citywide for a one-bedroom. You could buy a $260,000 house for that. All right. Well, all right. So let's get to let's the questions. Get to the questions. What is a good cap rate for a multifamily property in our area? In our area, 7 to 10% is probably what we're looking at in right. our area. Uh the cap rate is uh, the, the your uh, <laughs> oh, was blank there. Cap rate equals your uh, cost of your investment, all your expenses compared to the value of the property. So you figure out your cap rate. Cap rate's not always a great thing for you. Really want to look at tax returns if you're buying like a big multifamily. But cap rate's a general rule that a lot of guys go by. Oh, it's got a ten percent cap rate. Yeah, and then like, I want to see some more detail before we make that. But a good cap rate, seven to ten percent. I ran into a guy from Denver that their cap rate was like four, four or five percent. I said, and he bought office buildings. I said, why don't you buy one in Philly? We're at like eight to ten cap rate. He's like, really? I said, yeah. Does it matter where your uh, twenty-story office building's at? And that made him think about it. Anyway, that a good cap rate, seven to ten percent is good. All right, What's the next, next question one? is, I don't think we have enough time for you to answer this one, but... No, this is short and sweet, this What question. should you do first to become an investor? First, buy a house. <laughs> buy a house. Start out as a homeowner. In fact, buy a duplex first. Be smart, not like how I started. Buy a duplex, a two-by-two, two, rent out one unit, live for free, and actually make some money right in this market. You could probably make a couple hundred bucks a month and have your mortgage paid for free. Then step two, get a real estate license so you know the law. Get a real estate license and then look for a company, which I coach a company, friends of ours, Larry and Phil, the investor brokerage, where all their agents are investors. And then they help you with all different types of investments, uh, assignments, whatever, commercial. And, and that's how you get started. What's the next one? The next one is if someone passes away and I inherit a home, should I sell it or should I rent it? Uh, it's all depends. Yeah, I mean, that's not a black like if and white you answer. inherit a home in, in my neighborhood and you're going to get almost three grand a month, maybe you want to rent it. And that's great income. Or if you just want to cash out and take it and blow it on one good cruise, <laughs> you sell it. It depends. I mean, you should really seek the advice of a professional so they can yeah. do the actual numbers for you. What is the I, did, I had one of these questions not that long ago. The guy was thinking about selling 18 units. And I right. said, why would you do that? And then after I talked to him, I said, hire a property manager, because that's why he was taking his selling. He, he was tired of being a landlord. Sure. I said, for 4 or 5% with that many units, they'll send you a check and a profit and loss every month. And he was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. All right. The next question is, 
should I refinance at 5.14%? And what do you think? I think I need to take a look at the mortgage statement because I need to see what the property's worth. Is there PMI? Um, you know, they're right around where the rates are now. So it, de it depends. Do you want to take cash out? And can we get rid of PMI? If we can refinance them at 5.25% or 5.37%, get rid of the PMI, they're going to save money. It could be a win-win as, or maybe they just want to do a cash out refi. I need a little more information. Right. I'd ask for that 40-year mortgage and then lower my payment really low and have a lot of extra cash. How about that plan? There you go. <laughs> That's the one that none of you guys want to talk about. The 40-year. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time with you. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. Hey, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So are we at the end? So, Mark, we are up to our guest segment. And today we have Tay Gaines, and he is a public adjuster. And he's here to tell us why it's important to use a public adjuster. So, welcome, Tay. Hey, Tay, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Uh, just want to say thank you, Deanne and Mark. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. No problem. This uh, is a great topic, too, because a lot of people don't understand, you know. God forbid you have something at your house. I had a fire back in the nineties. I just had something else happen, and there. And what should I do? Should I just call the insurance company, or should I call somebody like you and have somebody like you on my side? Right. So explain how it works, because I remember when I had the fire, there was a line of you guys, like twenty of them on my block, <laughs> waiting for me to show up. <laughs> yeah. All with their scanners on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you have a lot of public adjusters that are trying to be the first to your door and try to sell you on why you should pick them. But um, I tell everybody you want quality. So uh, when you deal with public adjusters, when you have to deal with the insurance company, you want to have somebody who has, who's really qualified to take care of you in that process. You know, you're not going to just pick any doctor to check out your broken leg. You know, you want to have the best and you want to have That's somebody right. who actually knows their stuff. Um, so to answer your question, I you know, and all the times, you know, any type of damage that happens, it could be storm damage, it could be wind, it, you know, it, various different types of damage that could happen to a property. Uh, first, I want to say I'm only licensed currently in Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, and Maryland. So I'm not yet licensed in Philadelphia, and the laws do change state to state. Um, but you can always give me a call, you know, I can always answer questions. And, and we're on we're on Audacity, so this show's heard everywhere. So Yeah, so I, do, I just want everybody to understand, you know, don't just take what I say, talk to somebody local. You can always call me, and I have different people in various states that are trusted, reliable sources that you can always uh, reach out to. But I just want, to, I want everybody to understand things do change state to state, and they can change drastically depending on what state you're in. Um, but right. typically when you have a fire at your home, any type of damage at all, honestly, uh, first thing you want to do is call a public adjuster because like you said, you want somebody who's on your side. So typically people call the insurance company, insurance agent sends out an adjuster. That adjuster works for the insurance company. For the insurance company. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And they like to collect money, but they don't like to give it out. Exactly. And so that's, and that's <laughs> what I explain to people. You know, you have to have insurance, you know, you, you know, you want to have insurance. It's a, it's a safety net in case something goes wrong that you're unable to 
uh, you know, survive that storm yourself, if you're a financial storm, I should say. And I want to be clear, insurance covers the financial aspect of covered peril. So whether that, you know, that could be a car insurance, that could be property insurance. It's really covering the financial aspect of it because you have three different aspects of the insurance process. You're going to have financial, the contract side, and the construction aspect. And so a quality public adjuster will be able to walk you confidently through those three different aspects. So the financial side is always going to come in because insurance companies, you know, like you said, they don't want to pay you a lot of money. They want to try to pay you the smallest amount uh, because that keeps their bottom line, that keeps their profits high. You know, it's just the nature of the business. But a lot of cases, what happens is the insurance company pays you in my experience, I would say 40% of what you might actually need to actually repair your home. You know, so I've had a number of claims where uh, my most recent that I just closed uh, yesterday, AC leak destroyed her uh, real wood floor. Now, you guys are in real estate. I know you know how expensive real wood flooring is. I've had clients with bamboo floors and stairs that have been damaged by water. And so what tends to happen is the company will say, well, only 500 square feet is damaged. Okay, but anybody who's ever replaced flooring knows if you only replace one segment, now you have a solid eyesore of brand new flooring matched with your older flooring. And so really, and it's the same thing for paint. And so these little nuggets of information is what the insurance company doesn't really want you to know. And so in in all of my claims, I simply explain if it touches, if, if the wall is damaged, I need that whole wall and minimum repainted. Because when I look at my wall, I don't want to see an eyesore. I don't want to see one blotch of new paint, you know, because that's not how my home was prior to the damage. Yeah, so- my problem right now is we had a big ice storm and windstorm in Philly, and it damaged the one side of my siding. And my, I live in an old convent, and it's 100 feet long. Mm-hmm. And my guy's saying they got to do the whole side, and the yeah. insurance company definitely does not want to do that. Sure, right, right. And so, and if they take and if they put just a little section of new, it's not going to look like the other one. Right, it's going to be the eyesore, so, like you said. Right, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of cases, you know, like roofs, you know, it's a lot. I see it a lot in Florida. They say, well, we only need to replace those five shingles. Well, in order to replace one shingle, that means you got to replace three surrounding it. Right. You know, you can't just pick one, you know, so they try to get away with that stuff because, again, they're trying to justify, you know, what's the minimum amount we can try to pay out that we feel, you know, again, the insurance company has their own opinions. So they're going to feel like, well, that's what we think it's going to take to cover the damage. And me as your public adjuster, I have a, you know, slightly different view on that. So um, that's what tends to happen a lot of times. And so um, you all and just to get back to those different uh, aspects of the insurance process, the contract side is understanding your policy, which it's written by attorneys and it's written for attorneys. You know, the day-to-day average Joe does not understand how to read an insurance policy. You know, many things in the policy are left open for interpretation. And so that's where you have lawyers and and different people such as myself who can understand fully what this insurance policy is saying and how it works and how you can be covered or not be covered. And so that- And you know what, just to, to interrupt a little bit- Yeah. Right there, when somebody buys a house, that's the all they want is a price on insurance rather than, you know, they really should have a good insurance guy and explain to them what if something happens. Those right. policies are different, too. Right. You have HO, homeowners policies, dwelling policies. I've had very close friends of mine buy the home with an HO3 policy, which is typically the best policy you're going to have on a residential home. 
And then because they got with a new agent and the agent just said, oh, well, we'll just get you the cheapest one. And it dropped him down to a dwelling policy. So when I came right. in as her representation insurance company and I'm reviewing the policy, I'm reviewing the situation, I have to look at her and say, well, by this dwelling policy, this is not co- this damage is not covered. And it's really unfortunate yeah. that, you know, these insurance agents, they just all, a lot of them will assume, oh, hey, they just want the cheapest or, you know, and I have friends who are insurance agents um, and, and they'll tell me this about some of their colleagues, you know, and that's just kind of what, you know, a lot of people, a lot of homeowners want, you know, they're just barely making the qualifications and it's like, hey, just give me the cheapest thing so I can, you know, buy my home so I can have my home insured. So, yeah, so they have a lower monthly payment. Right. But you really want to understand fully what you're getting yourself into and what will be covered. You know, so, you know, day to day things break and your your dishwasher will break, pipes burst, all types of things happen. And you want to make sure that you're adequately covered for those types of perils. So and then the last part is the construction aspect. And you guys being in real estate, I'm sure, you know, construction can change at any moment. Prices can change. All different things can happen. Lead times can cost you more money. All different things can happen. And so uh, that's also part of our job. You know, we estimate exactly what we feel as if it's going to take to get this home back to its condition, right? Um, and we have to take into account the updated prices of lumber, updated prices of metal, yeah. you know, how right. long things are taking to get here. You have to take all that into consideration when dealing with the insurance company because this is all a financial burden that's impacting the insured or the homeowner. Yeah, 18 months ago, a two by four was about 250. Now it's 14 bucks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you, and those things change, you know, and you want to make sure you're dealing with somebody who has the updated list. You want the most recent list. And, uh, excuse me. So those are the main aspects of it. And I also just want to explain to people, um, first off in the state of Florida, um, again, I just want to uh, specifically touch on Florida. Uh, when you have, you have hail damage all over, I'm sure you guys have your snow and your hail and your ice and all that stuff can do damage that you're not necessarily aware of. So I advise people go out, you know, either you want to hop on your roof and take a look or just at least walk around to a, uh, inspection, or you can call a public adjuster. Uh, public adjusters in the state of Florida are not allowed to charge for an inspection or for consultations. And so uh, I just want to make that very clear. Uh, public adjuster in the state of Florida, you are not allowed to be paid until the homeowner is paid for the funds that you've recovered for the homeowner. Right? Plus in Florida, you guys get hurricanes and everything else. Yeah. And so, and that's why, you know, you want to make sure, uh, cause insurance companies are starting to go around and take pictures of roofs and try to document on an annual basis, what's going on with your roof. So, um, and one, one major piece of information I do want to explain to you guys, cause you guys own companies and I want to make sure that people know public adjustment can also help you with your business. Um, if your property, your company building has any property damage or uh, any damage to your business income, that might also be covered under your insurance policy. There's a small piece in there that says business interruption. And so I just want everybody to understand, you know, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Those are main things people are not understanding that they have protections on. So did you help anybody with the pandemic? Cause they <laughs> shut everybody down. Well, you know, that's, that's something that's going to be kicked off to the lawyers. That's, so, you know, the lawyers are going to be taking that one. So, you know. <laughs> hey, that was awesome. Well, tell tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Okay. So, yeah. So, you can always uh, shoot me an email. My email is Tay, T is in Tom, A is in Apple, Y is in yellow, at gainsclaims.com. Gaines, G-A-I-N-E-S, claims is in insurance claims. And the office number is 786-749-8606. Feel free to give me a call or shoot me an email with any questions. Very good.
Deanne might be uh, living down there soon. <laughs> there we go. Join us in the sunshine. <laughs> uh, she's doing. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. All right, that was great. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, Ty. Appreciate it. So coming up next is our topic of the day. For sale by owner homes sell for 14% less. And that's a 2022 report. Yes. That was a very good segment by Ty. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is for sale by owners sell for 14% less. Yeah. And that's a 2022 report. In 2021, 90% of the homeowners in the real estate market nationwide sold their home using a real estate agent or broker, according to the National Association of Realtors. And and that was on a report from 19 to 20, slightly lower than in 18, that was 91%. Only said so this number I don't actually believe. Only seven percent of home sellers sold their homes for sale by owner. I, I think it's actually lower than that. Uh I might agree because I they're, haven't they're, seen- they're leaving out a statistic because ninety-seven percent of for sale by owners end up listing. So there's some discrepancy with the numbers. It's according to how they do the research. Anyway, every year you look at uh, uh, the different real estate markets. And they, these four seller by owners in this seller's market think it's going to be easy. But there's a lot of stuff, so much stuff involved in selling a house. And so I got a few reasons. They always think for sell by five reasons not to be a for sell by owner. They won. They think they and it's definitely going to sell faster. And you're going to get more, simply put, if a real estate agent with a strong marketing program can sell your home faster and for market value or better, uh, you know, you got all these other, all the equipment, they got all the knowledge, the marketing to get you, like right now in Philly, days on the market's like oh, seven days. So, I mean, with an agent, yeah. you, that you're going to get that kind of response. That $7.99 sign from Home Depot sitting on your lawn, that could be there for a while because nobody... The, unless they knock on your door. Yeah. And, and then there's... No, I was just going to say, and in today's market, I mean, people are having 30, 40, 50 people show up for showing, right? I saw a crazy one on Facebook. They were lined up down the street on yeah, Sunday. Do you think, I don't want to do that. Do you want to open your door and let all these people come through with no representation? Plus, you don't know who they are. You Con- don't know who they are. Number two, convenience. Good real estate agents help with the scheduling, viewing appointments. You know right. who's coming. If right. it's empty, you got a smart lockbox. We had that question last week where some buyer got the home right. box number. The real estate agents call and email every visitor for feedback. So you get feedback on what they say. They give expert advice, negotiate the offers. They do the paperwork. Like who's going to do all that? You know, yeah. if you're not trained networking, plus the agents are networking. They're, they're tied to the MOS and all these agents in their offices and their, and their franchises. So somebody's going to have a buyer. And they're going to find you a qualified buyer. 
protection. A real estate agent you're, is your advocate from the start to finish looking out for it. They're on your side. They're on your side. In, in Pennsylvania and a lot of states, if the buyer doesn't have a buyer agency agreement, they're technically working for the seller. So yeah, that means you don't even know this person and they're representing you. So you need a good agent in the middle here for liability reasons, you know, and then who's going to prepare this and negotiate this contract that's supposed to hold up in front of your honor. You know, that's how good this contract should be that if anything does go wrong, you're in court. You got to explain this to your honor. This is not like you just wing it and right. down download one and say, Oh yeah, I got a contract. That's what happens the most of the time. If they do have a for sale by owner sign and some buyer shows up and says, I want to buy your house. How much is it? And then they talk just the negotiating face to face, like Dr. A talks about the different personality types. If you have an S and a C and they're both leery of pulling a trigger, who knows how that thing's going to go. And then they, <laughs> if they finally do agree, who's writing up that contract. And if they end up hiring a lawyer, I guarantee you it's a la carte. By the time you get to the table, you might as well hire an agent. And in reality, in reality, you net more by hiring a real estate agent than selling it yourself. Because sure. they, just because you do, the weathering the home inspection, the appraisal, all the other stuff, sellers, all statistically, it's proven net more by hiring a real estate agent to sell their house. Yeah. And especially now, I mean, people are asking for bank statements. People are asking for all kinds of stuff when they're selling their house. And what if the, the appraisal comes in low? What if the appraisal comes in higher? All that verbiage isn't going to be in a for sale by owner contract. Yeah. And a, and a progressive agent, uh, a pro proactive agent is going to do comps, maybe talk to the appraiser, right. supply them with stuff and so nothing's missed. What if you're on the border of a zip code or a neighborhood and there was one right down the street he missed because he's doing 25 a week right. and your agent was proactive and said, and all of a sudden the appraiser goes, wow, I didn't even see that one. And now you appraise. There's all kinds of reasons. It, it's it, half of the agents are not that great at this contract. So without any Agreed. training, without any training, what are the chances of two people that are busy, got kids, jobs, getting through this whole process with no hiccups Agreed. and getting to the table and settle? So Great topic. Slate rant. All right. Coming up next is going to be our segment with Asking Dr. A, and we're going to talk about maximizing your team. Right. It's a this great a topic. topic. All right, Mark. So we are up to our segment with Dr. A, and today we're going to talk about maximizing your team. Very good. Dr. A, Abelson, how are you? Welcome. I'm doing fine. How are, are the two of you guys? Very good. Fabulous. That was a great topic last week, and I'm, I'm interested in maximizing your team. So with this, this wheel. So take Not it yet. away. Let's, let me just jump into it. What I want people to do is I want you to visualize a wheel uh, or the old fashioned clock that actually had the 12 numbers on it. Okay. Right. And it's, it's interesting what we do with our team program and what our team report is we have a wheel like that and we plot people's natural and adaptive style on the wheel. So right. it, it's interesting because if people, let's say somebody's at two o'clock on the wheel, well, they're a D. If somebody's at four o'clock on the wheel, they're, they're an I. If somebody right. is at eight o'clock on the wheel, 
they're a an S, and if somebody is is a ten o'clock on the wheel, they're a C. All right. Now, one of the cool things about our wheel is it's geometrically proportioned, meaning the closer somebody's symbols are to each other the closer are their behaviors to each other. So, Mark, you and I are probably about three, two or three o'clock on the wheel, all right? So we're, we're pretty much, you know, Ds. You know, Dan, where are you on the wheel? Uh, do you remember where you are on it? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a very high D. You're high, so all three of us are there. Okay, yeah. let's say somebody's at like eight o'clock on the wheel and they're an S. What happens is our behaviors are gonna be opposite their behaviors. That's right. Right, because we're going to be very competitive and we're going to want to get things done quickly. And what happens with the S is they want to be supportive and they want to take their time and do it right type of thing. So what's really cool is when you see this wheel and everybody on your team sees the wheel, all of a sudden it makes sense as to why you're different or why you don't get along with each other or how you can get along, more importantly, better together. Because all of a sudden you start to value what other people bring to the team and the group because every team needs to have S's or things don't get done. If everybody were like the three of us, we would we would be all these chiefs and we'd be telling people where to go and what to do, but we wouldn't have anybody to get right, it done. Right, because... Right? And then if we didn't have any eyes, if, if we don't have any S's and C's to do the detail work... <laughs> then it's not going to get right. done. So, right. so, Dr. A, the audience need, like needs to hear this, and Mark is just going to crack up. But real quick, so I'm on a coaching call, and I need to get policies and procedures and all these things in place for the people that I'm hiring. But I don't want to hire anybody because I don't have the policies in place, and I can't get the policies in place because I don't do that. <laughs> so now I have to hire somebody to do the policy and procedures so that I can hire people. It's like, but I you am, don't know how to hire somebody. Okay. To do it. So it's a circular type of I thing. I am like right? just chasing my tail. You don't want to hire somebody. You want to outsource it to somebody. And Correct. therefore you go to a team or you go to an HR specialist who actually does the policies and procedures for you and gives it to you. And when they're done, you're done right. with them. Okay, Correct. so okay, so that is the best way to do something like that because you don't want an HR specialist; you just want policies and procedures. I just hired. I just okay? hired a so great. It's up to them to hire the right person within their organization to do a good job with the policies and procedures. And if they haven't hired the right person in their organization, you're not going to want to use them because you're going to want to see samples of the work that that person has done. Right. That's going to be working with you. Right. So you don't want to hire somebody in that case. Now, if you're talking about it in, an, in a circular, usual thing where, where you want to have somebody who's supportive and to get the details, but it's just you. OK. And you're a high D. So you don't aren't good with the details, you know, and you're not good with supportive. Well, then you can either outsource that or you can hire somebody who is closer to you. Maybe they're not a D. OK. Maybe maybe they're a a a a CD, okay? Yeah. Or maybe they're closer to the center of the wheel. See, the neat thing about a wheel is there's 60 spaces right. there, all right? So 15 of the spaces deal with Ds and 15 of the spaces deal with Is, etc. Okay, so it depends on how close they are. So that's what we do. And as a consulting basis, we tell people and show people how they can more effectively use our assessments to do the to hiring. Let's continue this perfect. next yeah. week because I got some questions. All right, so how do we get a hold of you? It's easy. Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N at Abelson.net or just call us at 979-696-2222. All right. So if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net 
or call me at 609-605-7153. A special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. And our sponsors for keeping us on the air. I have two spots for sponsors if you want to join our team. And we'll keep you informed and help market your company. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT. All All positive, positive, all all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.